And behind them then, coming through Channel Surfer, as to there on the outside is Herbert Katahana Bay, here on the outside Channel Surfer gets to Peppery, Herbert is coming after them over on the outside, but Channel Surfer showing class the last little bit. On the inside there, still fighting on, is Burned to Shine, Shanti Laces getting home late, solidified by Lantern Way, putting the big ones in now, and Lantern Way raced up and grabbed the goodies with about 50 metres to go, Callside Mav, he's fighting hard on the inside, Malt Time's trying to chop them back as well. Mustang Valley, Malt Time on the outside coming quickly. It's Mustang Valley in front and she's too good again. Mustang Valley wins the Arrowfield. Oh, what a weekend it was. Loveracing.nz. If you wanted to go and have a look at any of those replays, you can go catch uh, all of the form, the times, and the prices that those horses would have started at at uh, loveracing.nz. Stephen Hunt's the big dog on the bookies desk at tab.co.nz. We're going to roll them out a few times during spring. Morning, Stephen. How are you going? Morning, Louis. Yeah, good, good. Very good. It was a, a super weekend of racing, wasn't it, mate? And I know you're a, a junkie for this stuff. It, uh, it really gave us a lot to think about. And I guess we'll work backwards there as far as the airfield because, gee whiz, the, the um, permutations for spring have kind of dramatically been changed. It was an interesting uh, field that ended up running. And then the horses that did run, there are a few to get through. And I guess Sharp and Smart being the headline this morning, who looks like he's had a, a big setback with some negative bloods through uh, spring. So he's out of the spring features, which is a bit of a shame for the, the reigning horse of the year. Yeah, a big shame because uh, he was touted as one of our better three-year-olds of last season. Uh, in fact, he was reigning horse of the year, which was just announced a few weeks ago up your way or up in Auckland. And yeah, it's a real shame because he had a lot going for him. He was going to go over to Australia and possibly contest some of the big races, big riches there in the Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup, etc. So, look, I'm sure he'll keep, but obviously they found uh, something that wasn't quite right, and you mentioned the bloods, etc. And I think the writing was on the wall that something wasn't quite right on the first day. He ran below betting expectation when the money was on, the camp were confident in how he presented and how he was working into the Tarzi, you know, and the simple fact that he was he was fairly plain on the eye, and I was very concerned heading into day two. And look, I didn't think he'd run that bad in terms of dropping out, and that was a concern on the eye. But just hope he comes right come the autumn or, or later down the track as a, as a four-year-old slash five-year-old. Look, you're totally right, and I think um, Rogie was hoping that it was a bad ride on the first day. It wasn't, and I spoke to Michael McNabb the day after at the, the Horse of the Year Awards, and he, he hadn't obviously had that much of a relationship with the horse, but he said, oh, it didn't feel good, he didn't give me a kick, and, and the jockeys do know when they're flat like that. I mean, it, it could have been an off day, but I think Michael was a, a little bit uh, a little bit nervous about it. They gave him another chance, and it's unfortunate. I mean, the winner, on the other hand, didn't everything just pan out beautifully for Mustang Valley really quite reminiscent to her first group one, uh, the Livermore, this time last year. The track deteriorated, she got that big suck up into the run, got put in the race at the perfect time. What did the, the numbers say in reflection of that race? Is it a hard race to evaluate because of the high-profile scratchings, or can you confidently say she's a, a proper group one mare? Oh, she's a proper group one mare, Louis. Uh, she 
she had that uh, written up last year when winning the Livermore. That rated through the roof, albeit it was over 2,000 metres, and she had to operate over 1,600 on Saturday. But look, her form leading was very strong. She ran a nice race, three sharp over a distance short of his best or her best in the Foxbridge. I loved what Andrew Forsman did in bypassing the Tarzino. It just wasn't the right uh, setup in terms of warehouse for her. It was on a what we say a, a, a five uh, on the borderline of a four on day one at Hastings for the Tarzino. It was over seven furlongs. She would have been run off her feet. She may have run in the first five or six, had a bit of a flashing light. But Andrew decided to wait a week, run in the Whanganui open class race over 1,400 metres. She rated well that day, extremely well in fact. And it was a nice two-week backup on a rain-affected track on Saturday, which was a slight advantage versus our opposition. They had three weeks between runs from the Tarzino and uh, the Arrowfield stud. So, look, in terms of the speed rating, when it came to the, the Group 1 on Saturday, it was relative to class on par. So no real knock there. It was a slight regression in terms of what she produced at Whanganui two weeks prior, uh, but no real knock. And at the end of the day, she's stepping up to 2,040 metres next start in two weeks at Hawke's Bay. And that's where her PB sits. Her personal best thus far, and it's including her Australian runs, sits in the Livermore last year. So she's going to be awfully hard to beat. And she's a dominant favourite of $2.60 quote. So well, she'll be fourth up going into this, won't she? So she, she will be at peak fitness, you'd suggest, at a, on, on her pet distance. Uh, interestingly enough, um, Michael McNabb is going to ride ladies' man. He's opted for ladies' man rather than Pearl of Alsace. So that means Sam Weatherly gets the ride of Pearl of Alsace. And oh, she could be a bit of an X-factor horse in this field. I mean, how, how would you... And right now it's 260, plays 460, and that's completely understandable in the futures for the Livermore Classic. And just with when you work this stuff out in your, in your brain and for what you've seen to the eye, Hunty, what, how can you go about and how can punters go about trying to compare what Pearl of Alsace has done in her young career to a, a proven Group 1 star now in Mustang Valley? Well, just on her winning performance on Friday at Tirapa, she needs to improve two lengths Louis versus Mustang Valley. But... Okay but has a ceiling room to get better. So, look, she's it's all raw for her. What she's doing is probably just on ability, and as I say, she's yet to hit that ceiling slash peak. Uh, but I think the SPs are going to be determined by track conditions. Say, for example, we get a reasonable track, maybe their prices come together. Uh, the 260, 460, which you mentioned, is current on the Futures book. But, look, I, I think she is the main challenge to Mustang Valley. I, I I find it hard to see any horse that finished in behind Mustang Valley on Saturday turning the tables, knowing the fact that I reckon she's going to hit a peak uh, performance rating over 2,040 metres. So it's going to be very hard for the likes of Corsan, Mav, Malt Time, who, funny enough, isn't nominated, but they can chuck a late nom in for the Livermole. Um, and also the likes of Tom's Ticking, Aromatic Course, uh, and the staple mate and Campanessa, uh, 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 they're all fair to the eye. So it, it is hard to make a case that they can turn the tables for Mustang Valley. So as you say, you've got to go back for a different form line. And Pearl Alsace does have, does have that. Yeah, t- totally agree. I completely understand that sentiment. And yeah, the good thing is with a mare like that, if you want to talk yourself into it, as you say, track conditions, and she's also clearly on the way up. She's still lightly raced and she's obviously beautifully bred. I thought time's ticking was a, a really neat run for Albie McGregor, wasn't it? It was, it was, and you could say that uh, he's yet to peak this time, and he showed some really good ability over the last two to three seasons, but you'd have to say on numbers, um, he was still on the up in the autumn when they took the horse down to Christchurch at Wait for Age in in the Gold Cup, etc. So, um, 
Look, he probably wants a little bit of fire out of the track on the third day to be as competitive as he was last Saturday. Uh, but again, I just struggle to find him in terms of SPs and his personal burst versus Mustang Valley turning the tables. But he deserves to be in that field in a few weeks' time if they want to go that way in the Livermore. Right, Tokyo Tycoon, um, heavy track, not a good, just ugly mess for punters, just hard to watch, and, and you just think that they've done the right thing here, or I do anyway. Put them away for a while, bring them back for the Karaka Classic. What does that mean for the 2000 guineas? Crow Shetty looks like he does not have a chink in his armour as of what we have seen. Lantern Way, Trawbriand, Solidify, they're all kind of, you know, about 7 to $9 off his price in the futures. What are one of these horses going to have to do on the Sartan to say they can beat Crochetti? A lot. A lot, Louis. Crochetti's one out of the box. Uh, Fair dinkum. The riding was on the wall in his performances at Ruakaka when he went back-to-back up there, won the Northland Breeders, and then his last start at Tarapa after a slight freshen up just to get him peaking for the 2,000 guineas. But, look, his number at Tarapa wasn't flash, but if you take it all in, he was held up at a vital stage at 300 metres. If he got out early... And the jockey rode him out to, to full momentum through the line. Uh, I've got no doubt the number would have been a lot stronger. So um, I'm happy just to, to forgive him slightly on the overall speed rating, what he produced at T-Rapa on Friday, Crescetti. But he's clearly one out of the box. He produces really strong closing sectionals, which you have seen as a three-year-old. And, look, he's going to start awfully short now with the fact that uh, Tokyo Tycoon won't be in the Sartan and also the 2,000 guineas. He's a ninety Crescetti, I think, prior to Friday. He was hovering around that 350 mark. Uh, he was around about $2.80 prior to the scratching or the withdrawal of Tokyo Tycoon out of the 2,000 guineas. So, look, I think that guineas in general, Louis, is going to fall away. You're going to see a lot of these Norviters not taking their place for whatever reason. It just has, has come up a little bit quick and they've given their horses a little bit of a freshen up. I think if you want to back outside Crescetti, look for horses that are already down in Christchurch, the likes of Trobion. Um, look, uh, I, I think uh, around, around Solidify, and if you're going back to the Hawke's Bay Guineas, look, the Hawke's, the Hawke's Bay Guineas rated one left below standard, which is no real knock compared to previous years. Um, but Solidify, there is a pattern emerging around this galloper that his best ratings have been on a genuine soft, soft slash heavy track. So he just needs to replicate what he produced on Saturday on a better track to get any of my hard earned. Hey, look, and I, I totally agree. Uh, around and with the a thousand guineas as well. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, uh, Molly Bloom, she's shown immense promise, and I know they would love to win the race. But I probably would be prefer to go down to a horse like Bozo at sixteen dollars. It's already down there and runs well at Rickerton. Um, we won't look at that in depth just now, Stephen, because we've got to crack on. Uh, I thought Channel Surfer, and I know you agree, was a good run, and it's business time. Um, bit of a mortgage on the Copeland's Bakery Mile market this far up. Yeah, feels on Channel Surfer. He just rated through the roof when winning the Mainers at 13 at Hastings, Louis. Four lengths above the class, and when you normalise its open class, it rated one length superior to race three, which was won by Old Town Road. So that gives you a really good comparison on the day when you're lining up Channel Surfer and what he produced in a lower-grade race. And Look, he was a pretty good three-year-old. We know he came into his a four-year-old campaign yet to win a race, but you look back as a three-year-old, he finished third in Hawke's Bay Guineas this time last year, second in the Trevor Eagle Memorial, and he was good enough to run in the Karaka Classic and Uncle Remus. So, um, mm. look, at all direction, I think they're working back from uh, Aotearoa Classic for the four-year-olds, the new race on Karaka Million Night, and he's doing everything right at this stage of the campaign. It's just a sense of timing around yeah. him.
Yeah, for sure. And, and as Clado called him, uh, Stephen, he was the best mater in the country for about seven or eight races. So um, glad he's broken through and shown his promise. We'll talk it's business time. We'll talk the fillies next time we catch up, mate. What a weekend it was. Um, good to see you back at the desk today. And we look forward to seeing the superstars, Legado, hopefully, if it, it isn't heavy at Matamata on the weekend in Prowess and maybe even La Creek at the races this weekend, mate. All the best. Cheers, Louis. Look forward to it. Thanks, mate. There you go, Stephen Hunt, tab.co.nz for all of those futures markets. Gee, it's a good time of year.